What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host, Ken Nelson. And on today's episode, man, I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited about this episode. Um, I got my brother, Del Guan Coleman on, man. Um, dude, I'm happy to have you on, man. We, we've been talking on the phone a couple times, you know, DMing, and, and we've been, you know, on each other's social media. But, um, man, I'm a fan of your work, bro, like what you're doing. I mean, we're going we gonna to dig into, like, everything that you do because you're not just a filmmaker, man. And, you're, you're a businessman, entrepreneur, man. You, you're doing so much uh, for the community um, and film and beyond. And so, bro, I'm happy to have you on the show today, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm a fan of your show. I'm, I'm watching it all the time. You know, I, I even got some favorite episodes. Oh, And man, I'm a fan of your work, it, too. I vow. So, if y'all haven't checked that out, y'all probably need to, if y'all still can. <laughs> man, appreciate <laughs> it, man. Appreciate it, bro. So, man, let's... um. Let's let's get started, man. Let me just, just tell me a little bit about you, man. Like you, you're from Memphis, Tennessee, right? Like did you um grow up wanting to be a filmmaker or, or, or were you doing something else, man? Talk about that. Uh yeah, I'm from Memphis. Nah, I didn't grow up wanting to be a filmmaker. Um I've always had my point of views on logic. I guess I can say that. And with that, even in school, so you know, I always seen one plus one is two. You can make me think that it was eleven because they was by each other. So um, with that being said, man, um, anytime, I, anytime I pursue something, uh, uh, I've never seen anyone give 100% in anything and didn't get that back. So I treat all things that I kind of fall in love with or I'm interested in the same way. I give it the same nurturing, you know. So were you, um, so like as a kid though, like what were you into? What did you gravitate toward? Music. Music is my first love. Art, you know, art, music, um, basketball, pretty good at basketball. So um, I remember the coach was like, yo, you gotta make a choice. Cause I would be late. I was trying to do music. And then I had basketball practice and uh, he was like, Look, Coleman, you got to make a choice. And he was like, look, if you don't show up tomorrow, I understand. And I never showed up. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> True story. Man. Man. So, um, so you said music, art, and basketball. So yeah. when you left basketball, you went into music? That's what you focused on? It, to me, it's all the same. Like, to me, it's, to me I'm, I'm being personal. To me, it's all the same. Art, music. Um, basketball, it can be an art, you know, uh, Michael Jordan makes it look like an art, or um, Steph Curry, it's an art, you know, um, so, and because it's fluent, so uh, even with business, I think business can be an art, you know, you just can't be, you can be passionate, you just can't be emotional, that's the only thing, so you can't be an artist in business, you have to be you could be passionate, but you can't be personal because it's not personal. So what? Um, so then, like, what was your? Because you got a lot of like business, like ventures that you're that you're doing now. So like, tell me back, what was your first? What you say your first business um, venture, and how old were you? Um, to my legit. <laughs> 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 legal, right? Legal, legal. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, legal. Okay. Well, after I got out of jail. <laughs> wait, wait. Was this the story you told me? You told me this story, right? Yeah, with CDs and DVDs, I was just making so much capital with it. Uh, this is before a uh, red box. Anything it was just like. Um, I mean, CDs were like ten dollars a piece. Like I was getting ten dollars for burnt CDs with just the music on it. You know. Not DVDs. The DVDs haven't even been invented yet. So with that being said, um, you know, time caught up after a good decade run. I was doing it, man, just making so much capital. And I, but I've always treated, I treated my customers like, well, they were my clients. I never, you know, I treated them the same way like I treat them now. It was, you know, and that's why I guess why people gravitated to me. And um, after, you know, I did my time, um, I was already like doodling like movie go paper moon comics and uh uh my cousin's husband 
but it was the first but I wrote it in jail, it was called I'm in love with my cousin's husband. But when I got out, you know, and somebody was like, Yo, we need a script, we need, you know, some we need we we trying to put an indie film together. And I was like, I got one called My Cousin's Husband. And that's when it took off. So when I did My Cousin's Husband, um, it caught wind and somebody was like, uh, where's part two and how can I, uh, what platform can we find this on? And then that's when I introduced movie. God, that's when I was like, okay, I gotta put it on the platform. So when I started looking up under the hood, trying to find out how does the indie world work? Cause I like indie. I'm like, I'm in love with indie and I'm, I'm even more in love because, you know, I just want to be a voice for indie filmmakers. You know, the indie filmmakers really don't have a voice. It's like, oh, you indie, like, ah, uh, you know, but now it's like the end thing to me. Like for somebody to be able to write a, to do a short movie in like 15 minutes or tell a whole entire story, like beginning, middle and end in 15 minutes, he's like, yo, that was good, you know? Even if it's bad, it's only fifteen minutes. Yeah, no, that's you know we gonna. I want to um, come back to that because I want to ask you about mm -hmm. short form content and monetizing. Okay. Um, but like, I want to back up to like you said. I remember you told me we were on the phone and you were talking about when you were selling CDs and DVDs and like yeah. you, you um, got arrested for it and did your time. Yeah. But you came out and you were like, okay, I can't do that no more. I got to figure out a legal way to to make some bread and so tell tell me that story so that for the viewers can hear because i want to you just hear like you know you were down and then you came out and you were like no i'm gonna find a way and i'm gonna do it the, the legit way and you, you was a comedy club right so yeah I started doing talk about club. that story okay i was doodling paper moon comics that's uh, one of my comedy companies so i've always looked at business the same anytime even when i was selling CDs and dvds so in business you're either selling a product or service. That's it. So um, I love, uh, I, I didn't want to do the CDs, DVDs no more because the risk wasn't worth the reward. You know, I did seven months for some CDs and DVDs and then a convicted felon and all of that. And I'm just like, eh. And my heart wasn't in it anymore. But I knew I would love to read. When I was locked up, I was, I was like, I love to read the, like, the comics, the papers. And um, I like uh, happy people find a sense of humor even in struggle. You know, you, you know. So um, with that being said, uh, I didn't know any uh, celebrities or anything like that. So I knew a lot of local comics. So I had a partner named Mouthpiece. Um, I was like, hey, man, I'm doing comedy now, man. Uh, can you put a show together? I'm like, yeah. And did it and packed it out. And uh, I started, you know, I used to burn CDs and DVDs at that time. So I would film the show. You know, I had a guy that was filming the show and I was like, yo, let's sell it. They didn't want to sell it. They was like, well, we, we, you know, we're just artists. We don't sell our content. I was like, all right. You know, so I was, be, I had I had the door. Uh, at that time, I thought I was really doing it because I had the door. But if you don't have a bar, you're not doing anything. I had the door and I had merchandise. But, you know, I was making a living off of it and packing it out, packing it out. And from that point on, um, somebody asked me to shoot a wedding. And, you know, I did a bridal shower and, that point on, I had my camera because my camera guy we had um, the guy I had as a camera guy. I wanted to do poetry too, you know. So many, I'm meeting so many people in entertainment where he just wanted to stick with the comedy crowd and didn't want to expand. And I've always been about expansion, I feel like sound like the joke of expansion. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so with that being said, man, um, I, I remember he had a Canon camera and I bought a Canon Zoom. Uh, my uh, brother Fahara Polo. Uh, took me to Sam's Club and I got a Zoom and it's been on ever since. You know, I started filming my own content and people would, I've always been a people's person, you know. So, at that point, so, I'm just here to help. So, you came over in the film, not so much because, so were you already, were you into film? Did you like, like you said, you were selling films and music, but were you watching films? Were you studying films? Were you into it? Or did you just see mm -hmm. it as a business, as a way to, another way to get, to do business? Now, I've always been into, you know, movies like The Gremlins, uh, Goodfellas. You know, I, I like them, but I wouldn't. I, I never, the opportunity never came to me to the point where it was like, yo, make a movie. Because the reason it happened with, um, again, with movies, though, uh, I wanted, you know, so after I started doing my weddings and I'm filming now, filming shows and doing commercials for people, 
you know, I wanted being the fact that we was in Memphis and I liked the way Atlanta worked together. I got a team of directors here and I was like, hey, let's shoot a short together to show people that we can work together. And then that's when we were like, well, we don't have a script. And I was like, my cousin's husband, you know, and we shot it. It caught wind and uh, people started asking me what platform it was on. I, I created Movie Go. I was already doodling it, you know, and um, I started looking up under the hood like, how do you make money? You know, and everybody kept saying, well, you don't you don't make money in any world. And I was just like, why not? So that's when I started doing proper research and I figured it out. And that's what I wanted to, t- to transition to, like, because for movie. Yeah, girl, I know. I'm trying to I, keep it to yeah, the transition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like what I what I thought was real interesting about you, because you said people saw you can't make money in indie. But then like you take it another step, like yeah, indie film is it, difficult, like. But then you take another step and you're doing like indie short form content yeah. and you're monetizing. Yeah, yeah. And when everybody doubted me, I mean, I'm, when, when I, asked, if I, if I asked a hundred people, a hundred people told me you don't make money in the indie world. And I was just like, why not? And it was like, you just don't. And I was just like, what you mean? So what I was like, okay, I did a, a indie film night that was, what year is this? 21? So I did it in 19. Yeah. Yeah, it was 19. So uh, what I did was, since I knew all these indie film makers, I had five categories. I had horror, sci-fi, action, drama, and romance, or comedy, something like that. And uh, I only wanted 10 10 minute shorts. So we're gonna do it. And I was like, look, on top of that, because I had the house. Now I got the door, the kitchen, and the bar, all right? So, um, at least most of it. So with that being said, I was like, look, y'all just bring me 10 people. I'm gonna give you 10 tickets and you can keep full equity. You can have the money. So the tickets were like $10. I don't care if you sold your 10 tickets for $10,000. It don't matter, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Just bring me 10 people. So if I got 10 indie film makers to bring me 10 people, that's 100 people. Plus I, um, I did their posters. And I let them do a Q&A on stage. People questioned me. It was just packed. And from that point on, I never looked back, you know. And uh, I was just like, yo, I got to get into it. And I was, I was head in, you know. So. Movie Go. So just for the people listening, they're like, okay, what's Movie Go? So explain Movie Go, what it is. Um, and, and, and even if they're like, listen, I want to get involved. How can they get involved with that? I got you. Uh, Movie Go. It's not just a streaming service, but it's an actual service. It works kind of like Uber. You know, like with Uber, you can either be the driver or you can be the passenger. Either or, you know what I'm saying? So with MovieGo, you can either be the actor, you can hire an actor. You can be the director or hire a director. Uh, from costume designers, from makeup artists, posters, authors. Um, you need merchandise made. Um, whatever. I got my own MovieGo popcorn, pillows. If you need DVDs, whatever content you need, um, uh, if you need help with plays, whatever, it's there. You can Instagram it, underscore movie go, and you can see it, and it's fresh. So it's like pretty much like a collective, like it's kind of like, and you come in. So it's it's a like collective artist, but then you can you come in under like the movie go brand, right? And then you're basically helping. It's more of a whatever. service. It's a service. just a streaming service, like Netflix, Hulu. Amazon Prime, those are service, uh, streaming service. services. Yeah, streaming That's services. That, you know, it ain't no, it don't go no farther than that, you know. So people crossing their fingers like, yo, yo. And I look at it just like, just like I did the, the indie film night, you know, people are people. So um, if you are popular or, you know, because I was like, it's the same way. If, if if I met you, you know, or I could bring the same show. I was taking it to L.A. I went from Memphis to L.A. and met Dame Dash and was like, yo, I want your building. He was like, cool, let's do it. You know, he heard the proposition. We talked about it. He was like, yo, I love it. You know, and it's documented. It's on my page. Um, not when we closed the deal, but you could see the deal being closed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm saying, yo, you got 10 people. Use your influence. I just turn influence into income. And that's it. Yeah. And, and so anybody it's like, can do it. So it's like, I bring my film to you. Like, I can sell my tickets or whatever. But so it's almost like the movie theater where you come in like i come in but then they come the people come i bring my people and they're buying movie go you know popcorn pillows so you're pretty like you said you're pretty much like yeah, or even if you wanted your merchandise if you got a 
um, okay, pandemic on the ground. All mm-hmm. right. So we can make the hard copy for collectors. You know, you want to collect a collector's item. Uh, we can do the shirts. We can do um, the coasters. We can do the posters. We can do the pillows. Whatever you want. If you believe yeah. in yourself and you believe in it, it's the same way like when they um, with child's play, Chucky. You got not only the doll that's going to outlive all of us, you know, mm-hmm. feed that family, but you got the merchandise, you got the T-shirts, you got the Halloween mask, and so on and so on, off of one movie. Yeah, so yeah. if you say you love your mer- uh, you you're in love with your craft, okay, show the baby some love and show us. You know, yeah, if you need help with yeah. it, again, this is that this is a platform where not only where you can just get your merchandise printed up or whatever, you might need an actor, you might be looking for an actor or whatever or actress. You know, it's all there. So why why is it like, you know, as as artists? filmmakers why is it important to to have like the the business entrepreneurial mindset like you know what i'm saying and and we, we and here's the thing we don't see that and this is i'll speak for myself like uh-huh. i'm recently making that shift like probably in the last two years like you know when i came up with my feature film brenda then i vow it's like i had to figure out i'm like all right i have this film and, you know most of us like filmmakers we get excited about the film and then we premiere it Right. You go to the premiere and after that is that's it. Right. You don't have a plan for anything after the premiere. And so I was like, I hit that wall. Like, OK, how do I get more people to see this film? And I got distribution. But then even then I had to figure out marketing and I had to figure out how to build an audience. I had to figure out how to keep this thing going for a year, for two years. Like then when I did I vow, it's the same thing, you know, building on that. Um but even with that, it's like, how do I visualize the marketing, you know, material? How do I, you know, how do I make this so that my audience is going to, you know, react to it and engage with it? So it's like all these things, man, that filmmakers, we just not, you know, not thinking about. And so why is it important, man? And like, and just talk about your experience to working with filmmakers. And because and, and, I see that you try to create a space, not a platform, but also educate, you know what I'm saying? So, so talk about the importance of being entrepreneurial, man, as a filmmaker. Um, the only thing you lack is um, an audience. That's it, supporters. So this is how it works. If you're trying to stay in business in anything, whether if it's a service or a product, you say, how many consistent clients do I need to um, survive, whether if it's yearly or monthly or weekly, okay? I got a lady right now, man, that sells cookies. This big, and to my pays all of her bills off of cookies. This big. It's a demographic for cookies. You know what I'm saying? Just like it's a demographic for toilet paper. So you just find your demographic. And so if you say, man, if I could just make five hundred dollars a week or a month or every two weeks or whatever, you do the math on how many people, and you turn your influencer to income. Now a lot of people feel like because they have done a film like hey i'm michael bay now or whatever like you know can you compare your content to michael bay or do you know you know and a lot of times these people stick together they practice group economics so they all work together they stick together they might seem competitive but it's never competitive they're never competing with each other they're doing business with each other to keep people uh like us blind so we're never wanting to say hey let's do our own thing let's make our own movie go headphones or whatever you know and they're all being distributed distribute out of China or um, uh, uh, like Pakistan or something like that, you know, because I have vendors, but not all of them, but I'm just saying for the most part, you know, like Sony is an Asian company, you know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. you know, made in China, just look at it, look up under the hood, but we can do it. It's just lack an audience. That's it. So we have done it. You know, we did it with black with Black Panther, it was like, yo, we predicted it's going to sell a billion dollars within a year. When it first came out, remember they said that? And they did it mm-hmm. within a month. Mm-hmm. A month. And and, and you had um, white people boycotting and saying, we're not going to watch that movie. And black people were like, so? And look what happened. We're the biggest consumers in the world because we're not manufacturing anything but sweat, like, Dick Greg, like uh, Dr. Claude Anderson said. Mm-hmm. So now it's time for us. We can't, we can't do any civil war. Man, you can never be nobody. No black person should do any civil war. We should only be focusing on creating and controlling our own narrative. And so that's the money. Yes, yeah, yeah, the money is there. And so, how would you? What advice would you give a filmmaker? 
to find their audience, their demographic? Um, start out with 10 people, like I did. You know, start out with 10 people that's going to support. Because, I right, check it out. So now being the fact that we have the pandemic. Wow. Pandemic. Piece of cake. So I thought this was the best time because everybody is, you know, man, think about this. You know, Netflix is making a killing because everybody's in the house now. <laughs> yep. You see what I'm saying? I go out to try to, try to get T-shirts. They're sold out everywhere. Like, so people are in the house just doing things. Mm -hmm. So why not direct them to a movie go or something that's for us, by us? And uh, so for um, a, a, somebody that say, hey, man, I want to turn my influencer to income. You can, I created a, last year, I keep thinking about this year. Last year I did. Um, before the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to do this movie called The Last Girl on Earth. And I was going to do it, you know, under a brick and mortar, but the pandemic came. So I was like, cool, because I was already, uh, I was challenging myself, like, man, do I want to release it digitally? Well, how do you release something digitally? Go, cool. I did it digitally because, you know, everybody was stuck in the house. We was on lockdown for the COVID. And what I did was I just created my own digital theater, right? So the same people that I marketed to um, when I did the indie film night, I told those people to come to my digital theater, which I made on Facebook. Everybody has Cash App or PayPal or something like that, right? You create this, you can use a business page or a group, you know, make a group or however. I named it a digital theater. Um, I had all the content on, in there and I sold tickets online for either $5 for all four episodes, $10 for all four episodes in a poster, and $20 for um, a t-shirt, poster, popcorn, and all four episodes. And you got to watch the, uh, you saw behind the scene footage and you could participate in the Q&A. So once you make the group, you control, once you're admin, you know, you control just like you. Right now you're controlling who you let in. So it's just mm -hmm. me and you. So if you got two admins, you and your wife or you and your friend or whoever shot the movie, the two directors, you control everybody that come in. So once you get the payment, boom, you let them in a group and they're in there. So as long as you got content in it, you're entertaining them, right? Boom. Nobody can share out. So you got that already under control. So can't nobody, once they pay and, and they, they buy into the digital theater, they can't share it without your permission. All right. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, man, I ran it for um, four days. I did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Just like the movie theater, I did three showings per day. So Thursday, I showed it three times. Friday, I showed it three times because everybody works differently. Some people get off at seven. Some people get off at nine. It doesn't matter. Once you're in the group, you can watch the movie a hundred times if you want. But you know, people were um, enjoying themselves. And I, you know, sold a. I made a ton of money, and I sold a lot of merch. That's what I was going. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, because people listening are probably like, "Okay, this sounds great," but what's like how monetarily? How are you doing with with um, you know, profit like on your end? And for the filmmakers, like, what does that look like for? You just said it. You, you made a lot of money. You on get your full end, equity, so for, right? Yeah. You get full if you make if you if you made a group right now, a digital theater, and you say, "Man, I'm releasing my movie on this platform," and everybody's going to ask, "Well, how can I get in?" You say. You, uh, where they go to the page and they have to, as an admin, you have to let them in, but they know it costs. You got it on the, the banner or whatever. Tickets are $5. Here's the cash app, whatever. Touch the link. You can make a commercial and be like, click. Hey, how you doing? You know, it's $5. Mm -hmm. It's cash app. You get it. Or however, you know, whatever it's PayPal, cash app, or they just hand you $5. You got all the names on the list or whatever. Let them in the group. I feel, as long as they're entertained once they get in there. Don't have them paying money, and once they log in, it's nothing there but a poster. Right. Don't right. do that. That's not fair. You know, even um, you know, they have you know, even when you before you sit down. I mean, you know, when you're sitting down, you're seeing different ads or whatever. And people pay for ads. I had people asking me, "Hey, man, how much would you charge me to run my ad on your event? Because it's an event yeah, at that mm -hmm. point." And you know, so you're getting full equity. You can't lose. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. get the full five dollars, the full ten dollars, twenty dollars, twenty, whatever you place your value as, you know. But I was just pretty much, uh, it was a short four episodes, 
$5, $10, four episodes and a poster, $20, a shirt, popcorn, and a poster, and behind the scenes, and a wow. Q&A. Like, so moviegoers is one of your businesses, man. Like, so talk about, mm-hmm. I thought this was like, great. You said when you, when you um came out, like you, I don't know if it's right after you, not when you came out, but you said you created a line business for um, uh, ex-convicts to come out and have something that they can, they can work in and that they can grow in. Um, yeah. Green thumbs. Green thumbs. So talk about that, man. Also, I want you to talk about Coleman and Neil as well, your clothing line, man, because it's. I'm after you know. I saw. I didn't know you had watches, and I was on your website today. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm have to grab one. I'm have to grab a watch. I'm not really a watch person either, man. And I'm like, I gotta get a watch, man. It looks dope in the club. Like so, talk about man your other businesses, man, and just you know how how are you juggling all of this? Um. Well, I haven't had an off day in a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have an off day. I don't. But, but, you know, I really enjoy helping, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm not a person that's just asking for help. Uh, I'm asking to help and how to help. So, um, with green thumbs, you know, again, in business, you're either selling a product or a service, right? Grass is always going to grow. And there's so many people that don't like to cut grass because you got heat, it's cold. And I just don't want to do it. I work the nine to five and So... Being the fact that I was a convicted felon and I see, I know a lot of people that are convicted felons, unfortunately, um, they don't know how, you know, they they might have a skill set, but they don't have, uh, you know, that felony thing can stop you in corporate America, you know. That's another way of keeping you uh, chained invisibly, invisible. So um, with that being said, who don't know how to cut grass? And if you don't know how to cut grass, come to Green Thumbs. We'll show you. And I'm, I'm, I pay good. You know, everybody's winning. You might, and not with Green Thumbs. It's not only just for grass and edging. We treat the grass. We, 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 we mulch. We rake. We uh, got um, cut down trees. I, I'm talking about these people with skill sets. So, being the fact that um. There are a lot of people. You now I'm I'm very cautious on who I'm hiring, and I'm not, I'm not gonna hire somebody that's um, trying to steal, you know, like a jewel thief, a cat burglar, you know. But I give people opportunities because that's all we lack, you know. So with that being said, man, um, I didn't make the company solely for convicted felons and kids, but for 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 people that just need a helping hand, you know. Mm-hmm. And I understand business, you know, if I can sell CDs, I, again, when I was selling CDs and DVDs, when the H2 came out, the H2 Hummer, I bought two of them off the showroom floor. That's how much money I was making off CDs and DVDs, off the showroom floor. So these are the Hummers that don't sit outside. These are the Hummers that sit on the inside and display. I was like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. both <laughs> like, I had two of them. <laughs> right, you were Scarface and DVDs, man, and CDs. But, you know, again, Man, I was they were ten dollars at the time, and even when the marketplace switched up, and they were three for ten, well, it didn't matter. I had already had a, a core demographic. I had a core Man. following. I was already doing it, so at that, it didn't even matter. I was, you know, um, man, take care of. I was man. I had a bunch of orders to the point where, you know, it was just it's all the same to me, you know. And I'm making yeah. it sound easy, but it is because grass is everywhere. You know, so you can eat off the land. God's letting us eat off the land. The people paint. People that, that it's a lot of people that have skill sets. They just don't have it's the just, opportunity so, to exercise so, them. But you said it. You said, "Oh, I'm making this sound easy, but it is." But there's a lot of people, man. We don't. I'm, and I'm speaking to myself too. There's just oh, like you said, there's opportunities everywhere. But so how? So I mean, that's your gift. You know, I can see that's the gift that you have the way your perspective when you see things. I mean, you can like simplify it and say that is an opportunity. I can see that this is how you. You get in and exploit yeah. that opportunity. I don't want to say exploit the opportunity. That's not the right word. But how you I got you. can get, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah. um, but to a person that like, can you, can you try to simplify it for someone that's like, all right, how can I begin to see opportunity like in my space? Like, um, is there, there's, are there certain steps that you follow? Like when you see yeah. something, do you like, how do you think about it and approach it when you see an opportunity, a possible opportunity? You say, you say. I want to turn my passion into profit, right? 
and that's it. Whether it's cutting grass, doing weddings, telling comedy, writing poetry, creating films. It's a demographic for everybody. You know, it's a demographic, it's a demographic for ignorance. So it goes back to the demographic. So then when you have that demographic, like, how are you speaking? How are you getting inside of their head to make them say this is a no-brainer? It all depends on if it's a product or a service. Uh, so, um, again, um, it's only three things you're selling. Well, I don't know. Two things you're selling, a product or a service. Now, I don't invite nobody to sell their dignity because you can't buy your dignity back. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so. Unfortunately for Superhead, Korean Stephanie, is... yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what you're going to be known as well. And I, you know, I, I, and I preach that because, you know, I know the value of uh, black people, you know, and uh, most, most, um, uh, if, 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 again, you know, once you find out what your passion is, like you ask yourself, like, man, if I could do this and get paid for it, like indie films or a movie. I just broke it down. I did it. And, you know, I've only been doing it for one year. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't been doing this for like 10 years. I've only been doing it. The movie Go is only one year old. That's why I keep, I have to jargon in the back of my head to be like, okay, we did that in 19. So, you know, it was founded in 19, you know, 2000. I mean, yeah, 19. It's 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 2019. And everything that you see on movie Go from films or whatever, all this was done within one year. I found a demographic. It's a big demographic in the indie world because it's because Hollywood, the door is this big. Right. You're speaking to some people. You, you got an underserved audience that you've. And, and again, like some people are like, oh, black people don't. We don't like sci-fi. We 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 don't do sci-fi. We I think you you would you would think that. So you don't the watch only thing that black people. Right. You think that only thing that black people watch is like, you know, what I'm saying like black romance films or hood films or like comedies. Drama. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Drama. Or, yeah. or drama but it's it's like no and so let me ask you that like how did you was it a risk or did you say no i've already seen this people like these sci-fi movies people like horror because you were again doing it where it horror just really became where you're seeing black us popular in it, like yeah. that black popular so yeah you know uh and sci-fi is kind of you know what i'm saying yeah, I think we just don't have the tools with sci-fi because with sci-fi, like think about Star Wars, right? And all the effects and toys. Like a lot of people don't know, you know, we just find out about the green screen or whatever, but these people have been, you know, look, they get, they got a big head start because uh, we've been crippled because we didn't know and, you know, we didn't have the opportunity. It was more so like, yo, you can only be consumers. That's it. You're mm-hmm. just good yeah, and yeah. play Chewbacca. Put a mask on, hide it. We don't, you know. Uh, remember, it was a big uproar uh, when they released the, the the Star Wars with the black guy in it. It was like, yo, we're not yeah, watching it. Yeah, these yeah, black people. Yeah. So I'm saying, okay, I'm never. I'm. Do, have you ever wanted to go to a party that no, the the people didn't want you there? Like, you know, they didn't even invite you. But you know, why would you want to be at a party? You're never dying to go to a country club. Mm-hmm. The thought never crosses your mind to be like, yo. I just want to check out a country club. Like it's never in your mind. You know what I'm saying? So, but that, but see, man, but that's what's crazy though, because I think people. Right. But that's I think that's kind of the problem because they don't want you there. But people are dying. Sometimes we're dying to get in that party. So much so where we miss opportunities to do stuff for ourselves because we're dying to get Correct. into that party. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Once I created the platform movie go, and it just started coming. I prom- Listen, I did a 30 day event. <laughs> a 30 day event. And uh, for Halloween, it was just, I still got content that I can use, I'm going to use for next year. And I was interviewing people from Germany, people from all over, man, beautiful people, you know, they're just sending me films. So once the platform was built, boom, they just needed opportunity and it was there. And, um, you know, once they see, see it done, you know, and you can't be standing with information and it's your job to, especially if... I might not be the person to get us over the rainbow. I might just be the influencer, you know, the mm-hmm. one that, you know, the morning shot, mm-hmm. you know, your son or you might be the Jedi. You might be Luke. You know, you never know. I don't care who it is. I just want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
I just want to be part of it. You know, I want to have our, I want us to have our own art. And I don't have a problem with other cultures. I'm just saying, yo, now it's our time. You know, it's like our turn. Like, when do we get our turn to make sci-fi, mm-hmm. karate films, and African films, or Egypt, you know, mm-hmm. you know, to, mm-hmm. to express ourselves and use our imagination. I want people, our people, black people, to think and create. I want a horror universe. You know? Mm-hmm. I want a horror film. I want a, a black, you know, um, uh, black scary character so far we got flesh crawl you know and this guy is good you know hard to work with at times but he's good <laughs> so you said this is something new that you got coming he's on no it's it's on movie though it's on i saw something crawl. is that you just yeah, posted you go down it's oh i think I t- thing, okay man. yeah 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 we got the the t-shirts the, the man yeah it looks man it looks great man i saw i was like something i started watching it and I had to start into something else but i was like i gotta come back and finish yeah. this yeah, 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 so, yeah. And 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 let me say this, um, for those that are watching or whatever, how it worked, uh, with Airbnb thirteen thirty three, I did that last year for the Scream on Screen. That's the movie I did. I'm introducing uh, everybody in there. I'm introducing these characters, so everybody has a backstory. So each character that's introduced, I'm writing backstories for each one of them. So I just think we should do things like that, like, yeah. like. Just do it. Like you're gonna die anyways. So why yeah. not? Why not? You ain't got why nothing not? to lose. I mean, you have nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna live forever. You know, and I'm not rushing death, but I'm just saying, like, but you can leave a mark on this planet. You know, Chucky's gonna be here forever. I just can't see it going anywhere. My Michael Myers been here for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so what's wrong with us creating our own characters? and mm-hmm. uh, controlling our content mm-hmm. and narrative. Yeah, man, yeah. that's real. That's real, man. I wanted to ask you, like, just um, cause on this podcast, I always want to talk to people I have on about any um, setbacks or, or just things that happened to them that knocked you down. Would you say being locked up was that big setback for you? Or was there another setback that you would say was your biggest one? How did you come back from it? I think when I got shot. Nah, jail was worse than me being. I don't know between those two, but I got shot. And uh, I still was a fighter, though. Um, yeah, yeah. It, that didn't set me. When you say setback, are you asking me like an income? No. It was well, both. Like so, it, so it could be income. It could be emotionally. Both. Like so, oh. when you so you got shot. So I mean, how bad was it? I was in ICU. It was like it's fifty-fifty chance uh, that he'll be here tomorrow. And I wrote. Because you have you have to sign like a a, a contract while you dying, you know. <laughs> hold on, hold on, man, hold on, hold on, hold on. This I is what I'm saying. Right, this is what I'm saying about your perspective, bro. Like it's so man, like your mindset is you have a great mind. Because I said like a setback, and you like got shot or locked up. Hmm, which one was worse? I was in ICU. Like I, don't, you know, I'm trying. I'm like you just talking <laughs> about it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just like what? Like I'm the you know what I'm yeah, yeah, bro. So so you were in yeah. ICU. I was in ICU. My mom was praying. I could hear her praying. I heard my sister crying. And they were asking me, it was in my ear, asking me a lot of questions. And, you know, and they was like, um, uh, are you allergic to anything? What are you allergic to? Or something. I remember that question. And I was like, and they was like, okay, quiet. Why are you trying to say something? Like, what are you allergic to? I was like, bullets. And everybody just started laughing. <laughs> where, <laughs> where were you shot? Like, I got shot in the back. Oh man! You know, yeah. uh, remember I was telling you about the Hummer. You know, yeah. I was the only black kid with a Hummer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so in Memphis is not, you know, wasn't. Yeah, so I got shot for my Hummer, and um, I pulled through that, you know, because they was like, um, you got to sign the paperwork, and I wrote, "I'll see you tomorrow." But it was like three days later when I woke up, and um, it was just a fight. But everything is, you know, life is life is a fight. You know, uh, and you just have to keep your head up. I just want to make a comfortable fight where we have a hub and where uh, I just miss. I miss that grandma love, that household. You remember Big Mama? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't even have them anymore. But I'm just saying we all was mm-hmm. in the same house. You know, remember that? And I just think now, now, especially in 2021, 2019, we need to stick together as a culture, culturally. You know, I look at it. Every black woman, every black man is my brother and sister, 
even if I don't know you. So that mm-hmm. I'm, my psyche is, because you'll never kill your brother, you'll never kill your sister. you tell mm-hmm. your mom, you want to hurt him and kill him, but you'll never kill you. So if my psyche, what if every black person was like, that's my brother and that's my sister. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, the killing stop. Mm-hmm. But when you looking at it, when the psyche is like, oh, he got on red and I got on blue, he shouldn't be he shouldn't be wearing, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, think yeah. about that. It's kind of crazy. You know, yeah. you fight over colors. Yeah. Versus loving each other because of a color. Now I remember when we first met. Like it was it was um, I put a, a message in the group, a film group. I was looking for somebody to design redesign a poster for my film. And oh, yeah. like, like 12, 13 people was like, Del Guan, Del Guan, Coleman, Del Guan. I was like, all right, well, let me reach out to Del Guan Coleman then. Like, and I reached out to you and then um, we connected it. And then I gave you, I sent you the poster and you caught, man, like y'all listening, like he called me and was like, yeah, I'm going to be straight up with you. Uh, I don't need to do nothing to the poster. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, but I want to redesign. Like, he was like, you're like, nah, like, you don't need to read this. I mean, it's clean. It's cool. You don't really need it. I'm not going to take your money. Like, I could take your money. Like, kid, we could do something. But I'm not going to. And then I was like, yo, I ain't never had no, you know what I'm saying? And so it was just, then we started talking more. Then you were like talking about just seeing, you know, I file and stuff. And we were talking about what you were doing. And we just hit it off, man. I just, you know, just, I you know, I much saw, respect, saw, man, much love. I saw because you was like, well, I want to, and I checked it out because I was filming that day, but they, I was on break. And again, you know, we don't have a lot of honest people. You know, find me, mm-hmm. find me a politician, a political leader, or a pastor that can't be bought. I'll show you Martin Luther King and Malcolm X that day. Show mm-hmm. me, show me right now a pastor, a politician, or, or a person that can't be bought. And I'll show you Malcolm X and Martin. You can buy those people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. You didn't have enough money to buy them. So that's just who I am. I'm not going to juice you. I'm not going to get over on you. So then we started talking about marketing. And I watched like, I didn't even finish the episode. I'm just like, yo, this is beautiful. I need this on a movie. I was like, yo, I got to have this on a movie go because, and you're a great writer, man. Like, I should be interviewing you, 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 you know? <laughs> no. And, um, you know, uh, I'm glad to hear. That, I'm glad that you told me about the the good news. And again, it, I didn't take it anyway. I was proud. I'm like, yo, push them. You know what I'm saying? I want you to grow your wing. I want us uh, to keep going. And again, you're my brother. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Your wife or whoever is your my sister, and I ain't never mm-hmm. seen them. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Your your kids, if you have any, are mine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's how yeah, I look bro. At it. Yeah, bro. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. man. It's yeah. It's. I appreciate you, man. Like what you're doing and and everything. Like I said, it's and yeah, I was just like, yo, because it, it, it's and it's a shame because you know sometimes you're like, okay, is this person, you know, what they, what's the angle, you know what I'm saying? And and it's just it's unfortunate, you know what I'm saying that 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 I you know, I approach, you know, because I I've always approached people the first time you have to like I'll trust you in the beginning, right? And mm-hmm. and it's just like you almost have to do something to like lose my trust and and then over the years it's kind of like well that shifted and so i'm like well dang man you know especially when you start doing stuff and you become visible you know what i'm saying like you have people that come around and you're like okay what are you trying to get you know what i'm saying what do you what do you what's the angle um and just like when you did that that was like refreshing it's kind of caught me off guard and then again i started watching you and following your stuff and like we talked and i'm like yo yeah man you just have a your spirit like i could tell again like you're you are truly trying to help others build you know um and you're putting others in front of you and trying to help them build and i can see that just in how you you know it's how you move you know how you move and what, what you're doing do it, man yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a fan of your work man like i study i've been studying like your angles and you know, camera angles, like I watched it. I'm like, you know, this guy is wet. When I say wet, it means like better, like good. You know, you've been doing, I could, I can see it. You know, I don't, I don't know how long you've been, you know, directing the family, but it's so polished, clean, and, and, and it, it even shows on your podcast. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I heard a millionaire say, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that. You know That's what I'm real. saying? That's if real. you're nasty and crappy, your work is going to show like that. You're going to dress like yeah. that. If you're clean cut or however, uh, you, you if you're anal, you're anal in everything. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The books mm-hmm. gotta be neat. My shoes gotta be put. And I can see it in your work. So, you know, and and it's inspiring. It's never intimidating. I'm like, yo, that I wanna be better. I wanna have a platform. I want us to again, you know, we're gonna work together, we're working together yeah. now. We oh, had yeah. this conversation. Oh, yeah. yep. and we said what we was gonna do. I was never pressing the envelope. Man, you know, one of my favorite uh um shows on your podcast is when the lady was like and 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 it changed me and i she was like there's no such thing as writer's block as writer's block oh uh, yeah yeah and yeah she broke yeah. it down yeah. and i shared it man and i was just like wow she's telling the truth yeah yeah know, and it 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 resonated real quick you know what i'm saying like yeah. turning on the light bulb like i had the bulb yeah. on me and she just turned it on yeah you know and with that being said um I'm never gonna stop writing. I'm never gonna, you know, because you're just doubting yourself. You know what I'm saying? What's yeah, stopping yeah, you? Yeah. Writing something, you know. So uh, that it was that was uh, I, that was one of my favorite ones that you've done. But your show is very interesting, just like your films. So you're an interesting person. Yeah, you're good, man. Talk. I mean, just you know, I can, we can we can go on and on, man. I don't want to hold you, bro. Like, um, talk about though, Coleman and Neil, like your clothing oh. line. Oh, well, it's a couture line. Um, um, it's no different from Fendi, or Jimmy Choo, Dolce and Gabbana. Uh, it's a couture line. So with couture lines, you have we have boots, shoes, sneakers, socks, hats, everything, wedding dresses, gowns, lingerie, <laughs> the whole kid caboodle. And um, uh that's a lot of work. Studying how did you algorithm. start that, man? How did you, how did you, well, you saw my, you said invest, studying out. Well, with, with Couture Black, because, okay, so it was an urban line that I liked here in Memphis. I won't say the name of it. And I was like, yo, I want to get the shirts. I was hitting them up, calling them like, yo, I want to get two shirts. I want to represent. And it took him a minute to get to me. And when I finally got him, I was like, yo, I really like it. I was like, pictures in it. And I was like, yo, you know, I can shoot you a commercial. Just give me some merchandise. He was like, cool. So he really couldn't give me, after I shot the commercial, he was like, this is all I could give you. And it was like another shirt. And I'm like, yo, I just shot your entire commercial. Like, are you going to doll me up from top to bottom? But that's all he could do at the time. So I was just like, oh, so me and my partner, which is Neil now, he used to, and you know what's crazy? Uh, Neil, which is my partner now from Coleman, Neil, he used to be my CD client. Crazy. <laughs> he used to be one oh, of my wow. clients. Wow. Yeah. But he had a perspective. We would always, I mean, I think he's one of the smartest people I've ever met as far as in black people. But, because uh, I know a lot of people. But uh, again, we were like, okay. I said, yeah, I really like this brand. Let's help him out. He was like, all right, cool. We can be 50 50 partners. So he was going to get 50, and then Neil would get 25 and 25. He was like, yo, we're investing investing you and everything so everything was like man green light and the next day he was like nah man i just think i'm gonna go ahead and i I knew somebody got in his ear and somebody put a battery in his back and i was like look man whoever you've been talking to you just met us and i was like ain't no contradiction you know in what we wrote down what we agreed you know you're gonna get the bulk of it but i'm like they're not investing in you we want to invest in you so whether if it was your friend your family member why haven't they say, you know what, we really like you, we're going to invest and help you to the point where you can give away a hat or you can give away a jacket or whatever. And he was like, nah. So it left sour grapes in my mouth. And I'm very passionate because I'm an artist. And my partner was like, it's cool, man. Let's just do Coleman and Neil. Mm. And I wrote it down on a shirt, Coleman and Neil in the middle. I'm going to pull it up. Hold on, man. Let me pull it up. I'm about, to, I'm about to pull up the site real quick. There we go. Oh, it came right. Oh, come on with it. <laughs> yeah, here so we go. from that point on, um, it sounded like a couture line. You know, it sounded upscale to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I started looking up under the hood and I couldn't find no black owned upscale lines. So I'm looking at Doshan Gabbana, Vera Wayne, the Brooks Brothers, you know, LaCosta. And I'm like, none of these brands were black owned. So that I was just like, yo, it didn't it didn't fear urban. And I'm not knocking urban lines, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a cool. 
I love FUBU, you know, but it's like they only have like a 10 year run and brands that are couture upscale and that that are names, mm-hmm. they last forever. You know, like, um, you know, Ralph Lauren been around for what? For what? Yeah, man. Yeah, forever. You know? yep. So that's a name. That's not a slogan. And with that being said, man, here we are. Coleman and Neil. And thanks man. to the guy. <laughs> man. And how long you guys been around? Uh, this is going on our third year now. This man, is year number this is... three. So, man. She grew legs. She grew legs like last year. So when I say a business growing legs, we start making money. Because with couture or any business, um, if you want to be the boss, you got to invest your own money in it, your own mm-hmm. capital in it. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works. That looks good. Man. You know, I haven't been on the man, page. It looks you know? great, bro. It looks yeah. great, man. And, and Deborah Brandon, she she made that. She did it. So she built websites and all of that. So we all work together, man. man. You know. The person man, that makes my popcorn is black. So, and I'm, I, I work with, now listen, I work with anybody. So I don't want nobody to be like, oh, he hates white people or, you know, Asian people. No, I'm just trying to help the oppressed people first because I'm one of them, you know. And I'm just trying to be the hero that I never had. So give me like the step. So like, for, so you looking at, so looking at, uh, um, I want to say because you got so let's just say with 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 the clothing line, mm-hmm. like give me like the steps you would take to acquire that new customer. What uh like selling a shirt? Like selling a shirt. Like if you don't have you got you got to find your 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 customer. Like right. What steps do you take? Finding find out that what customer? that customer likes. Uh, so that's why, and not just with shirts, because I got so many options, but that's why when I did my first indie film night, I'm going to bank off of it, I had different uh, categories, genres. I had horror, I had sci-fi, I had um, comedy, I had drama and action, right? So I got, now you got five choices versus just saying, yo, it's an indie film night, just bring, you know what I'm saying? Now, you got somebody that might be like, "Hey, man, I made a horror film, but I couldn't get into this indie, uh, this film, this film festival or whatever." Boom, here it is. You know, so just giving people options. And if you don't have a, if you only have one shirt or one product, you find that demographic because there's somebody out there that needs a t-shirt. There's somebody out there that needs duct tape. There's somebody out there that needs toilet paper. So, right. being, think about it. Think about it. Uh, 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 when when uh, Black Wall Street was made, what's my internet? You know, so they only had each other, you know, and we had our own movie theaters, hospitals, so we stuck together and we was practicing group economics. There was mm-hmm. no civil war, you know. They didn't believe in civil war. We only had each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, uh, they you know saw it and burning down not only once but twice it was built twice mm-hmm. people don't know that black wall street was built mm-hmm. twice it was burnt down twice so you know and black people didn't burn it down okay so we all know that it mm-hmm. wasn't us you know um so any dysfunctional habit right now it didn't come from us we learned that from somebody else i'm just trying yeah. to unlearn that learned behavior so this mm-hmm. is why i lead by example and be like hey this is how you can do it. You'll have to be up on the movie go. I'll show you or we will show you we have people. Mm-hmm. So just like with the website, I was plugging Deborah. We should champion doing it. Somebody was like, yo, remember you was like, I need the um poster. Yeah. And then they, yeah. they put my name in it. And then I didn't I didn't I didn't juice you. I didn't I didn't uh, I mean use you. I'm using slang. But I didn't use you. I was like, yo, this is perfect. I can't do mm-hmm. it. My heart wouldn't let me do it. And it's it's hard to find um honest businessmen very hard yeah again that's why i was like show me a pastor a preacher a politician that can't be bought and i'll show you Martin the king and malcolm marcus guard tupac shakur yeah yeah you can buy those people yeah yeah man so qep can't buy those people couldn't buy those people so you know i just want to be part of that i want to be part of those people inspired me uh and not just those black people uh i like marcus lamonis you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. he's not black you know, he inspires me. You inspire me. You know, so um, with that being said, man, 
if you're trying to sell a t-shirt, um, you go to places where people need shirts. You need shirts. You know. And so yeah. I, and I and I use a t-shirt because I use the film like I use my, my my first feature as an example. Like I didn't have no audience, right? So writing mm-hmm. it though, the topic was was forgiveness. Uh, you know, one of the biggest topics though, one that's addiction. It was sobriety and addiction, and so I knew like, okay, I knew that dealing with those topics. So like, say if it's a film or it's like okay, sobriety, addiction, and forgiveness are the three main topics. So like when I, if I'm trying to get an audience to watch this now, when I began marketing. I used that language. I didn't say, hey, I'm making a movie like this is great and and blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is what the movie is about. Like, this is about sobriety. Somebody is trying to say sober and forgiveness. And I started talking about family values and this all these things. I started talking about what it was about and and not from an artistic standpoint, but the message. And then people began to, to talk about that message. They the people latched on to the message. And the story, you know, then when I left from the film, I started talking about myself personally. This is my first film. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you know, the faith. Like, I'm like, I don't have the resources, but I'm doing this anyway. Like, um, here's the people that's in it. Like, all these things, like um, the, the actors that's involved, they were local. So I was like, these are the actors and start telling their stories. And then, and so I built a story around it and I stuck to the message. And then people gravitated to the message and to the stories, not the film. The film was just the byproduct, you know. And so that's how I began to build. And and so I think that's with anything like like with you, like you're saying your shirt, like movie go. Your um, wife. Green. My wife. Yeah. Watch this. Watch this. Where you meet? Where did you meet your wife? We met online. Like so it was it was online. See, you didn't even have to think on it, right? Yeah. Then you know yeah. the steps. It was proper steps. You didn't just meet her and say, "Hey, will you marry me?" Right, 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 right. Right. It was a it was a process, a growing process. Mm-hmm. Then here it is. It's the same way with a product or a service. Your film, right? You just told me the whole process to mm-hmm. your film. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and I don't want indie. A lot of indie filmmakers feel like they have to have. I gotta have uh, like a Denzel. No, 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 no. I want. I rather work with a hungry unprofessional versus a professional know-it-all. You know, I love Denzel Washington, but in the indie world, especially now, nobody cares. You, we're living in the New York minute, so you got three minutes, five minutes to keep me keep my attention. That's mm-hmm. even with Denzel. You know, you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he has sold us. You know, with the backing of Hollywood and everything else. But in the indie world, anybody could be. You could be a Denzel as long as you deliver the part. People don't care if it's. Mm-hmm. And if and, and and another thing too with film I've learned, if it's a good beginning, middle, and the end, you got something. If mm-hmm. the story, if you're talking about it, you know, um, I think the title is 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 cool. I think I love this title, "The Last Girl on Earth." Mm-hmm. That's a I think that's a cool title. So mm-hmm. That's why I came up with it. You know, "The Last Girl on Earth." Just thinking about that, like, like so now you're like, how are you gonna shoot that? You know, right. What's, what's that about? Right. You know, what's that about? You know, so um, start with a title, uh, any kind of concept, as long as you got a good beginning, because everything is a beginning, a middle and an end, even life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. So let's just have a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, for real. OK, for real now. <laughs> we're we, we about to end the podcast. We're about to end the podcast for real. <laughs> Like, I think I ended this podcast four times, and it was like, <laughs> man, but I said, like, we I build said, it, man, though, yeah. you know, we, we build it, we're trying yeah. to help. At the end of yeah. the day, we're both trying to help. We, yeah. We're helping each other, but we're trying to help other people, right? Right, you know what I'm saying, right? That's why we keep, but it's cool, we can end it. Be. Yeah, man, yeah, look, I'm gonna have to have you back on, man, you know, ah, um, man, you're my brother, definitely, man. We have to have you back on, and and like I said, I love to come on. Your platform no, and talk. I want to have you. Yeah, we already talked about. It. Like now, I got to return the favor. And yeah, you on man. Who's go and let you be? Oh man, I'm like, whenever, let me know. Let me know, I got man. You. Yeah, yeah, I got bro. You. So, man, thank you, thank you all for listening to this podcast again. Uh, Connect with Delguan. I put his website in the show notes. Um, but follow it. Follow Movie Go. Um, 
if you have a film, you know, you got something, you connect with Delgoin, like, you know, connect with the platform. Uh, great dude, great platform. And uh, yeah, you heard him, you, you heard everything he had to say today. So um, just follow him, support support the filmmakers that um, he, he's got, he has coming into his platforms. And uh, yeah, man, just, I'll see y'all next week. <laughs>